0: Hello, everybody. This is Bill Harper coming to you again on Wave 94 FM, 94.1 FM. And we have a special guest today. We're interviewing uh, for his first book. This is not just an author, but he's a
1: very close friend of mine, Chris Galliano. Chris, tell us about your first book. Well, uh, it was a terrifying adventure uh, that I wouldn't have done if my wife hadn't challenged me to do so. I've always wanted to do things for kids and I've liked working with kids and like doing creative things. And uh, this book just came to me out of the blue and I started it and it was gonna be in the pile of things that I start and never finish. And my wife challenged me to actually finish it. And so I pressed on and it took me a while to get it done because I also did the illustrations and the setup and self-published. But I, I learned a lot about all of that in the process and I learned a lot about myself in the process. Like what? What did you learn about yourself, Chris? That I'm full of fear. Uh, I don't trust God. And um, and I will say that at a certain point, I mean, I was ready to quit uh, many times with uh-huh. it, uh, especially the illustrations terrified me uh-huh. because uh, I, I guess just lacked courage in my own abilities. But I got this one word that just took a huge burden off my shoulders and that was that this story is not from you and it is not for you and so that relieved me of being responsible for its quality wow a word in season that gave you freedom in this oh yeah yeah and it really helped it uh you know just thinking that okay this was a message i've been given to pass on Hopefully it can help at least one other person. And I think it has so far. And that relieved me of, uh, you know, carrying the load and feeling like it's all on how well I do the book and the quality of, uh, you know, the drawings and the writing and all of that. Isn't that the way God would work, Chris, That, that in the process of doing something,
0: you receive something you never expected, right? And God is using it to refine you and us. Uh, By the way, this is uh, Bill Harper on Wave 94. We're interviewing my good friend and brand new author, Chris Galliano about his new book entitled Little Bambanani's Really Big Thought. Bambanani. It's an interesting spelling. You got it. And um, this is a children's book, but it has a message that's directed so much to not just adults, but... All of us in the day we're living in, in this pandemic, in this insanity, in this country, it tells a story about a a little boy. Again, this book is entitled Little Bam Banani's Really Big Thought. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Lulu Books. Uh, We'll bring that into you later. Uh, But if you can remember to spell B-A-M-B-A-N-A-N-I. That'll bring it up for you. So tell us about the story of Bambanani,
1: Chris. I can tell you've been practicing. You do it good there, Bill. <laughs> that was a struggle for a while. It was a struggle for me. And every time I type it, I would misspell it. So, And it's the, the name is actually a name that I searched because uh, I wanted to find a name that meant unity. And I think it's a Swahili dialect or something. I may be wrong there, but I know it's an African language. And it means unity. So I wanted to, to have the character actually be named Unity, and he by chance or by providence washes up on the shore of an island called Sundrungu, which is another hard name to pronounce, which is actually, I think, an Icelandic word meaning uh, division or disunity. So unity arrives on the shores of disunity. And uh, then he you know, receives his, his calling to go out and try to unify the island. And the people are very divided and very stubborn. And they mock him and ridicule him. So he's, t- he's a kind of a, a prophet. And eventually, uh, they learn their lesson through, um, through some things happening to them. But uh, they, don't, they don't change easily like us. But uh, yes, the message about unity just the time that I finished it. You know, right at the moment when our nation is just so divided. And, and I was thinking, it's not just that we're so divided right now, but that we have so many players now working so hard to divide yes. us. Yeah. That to me is the stronger thing that's going on in our country. There's characters in the book that I uh, say sell division and hate, and I think we're seeing that everywhere. They profit off of our division. And uh, it's, you know, it's frightening. Bambanani means join hands together. Isn't that right? In the language? Yeah, it's funny. When I looked it up, I, I originally, you know, saw that it meant unity. And I found uh, there were some uh, Christian missions. There was a couple of them uh, in Africa using that name. And, uh, and and so, right before I was going to publish the book, I self-published I did some research again just to make sure that, you know, I had all my ducks in a row because uh, it's another language. And when I looked up Bambanani, it actually literally means join hands together, right. which is a more intimate expression of, of unity than just, you know, coming together for some cause. Right. And, uh, and which is ironic because, and I didn't even plan this again, God doing his work. At one point, the, the children, um, after a giant tsunami comes, they get washed out to sea in an old fishing boat. And he, in Bambanani, has another big thought, the idea of them joining hands to make a chain to go all the way out to the boat to save the kids. And that's how they rescue them. So it's kind of uh, fortuitous, but uh, he actually did get them to join hands for the first time. And that kind of what is the first thing that breaks their disunity. Right. They realize that they need each other.
0: You know, I've found that children's books, uh, quote, Max Lucado's books, by the way, have such a powerful message for adults written in there. And my hope for the listeners is that when they get this book, again, the book is entitled Little Bambanani's Really Big Thought. You can get it on Amazon and other places. But if they read this to their children, then they're going to get the message themselves. Not only the children going to get it very young, but they're going to see. When I was reading the book, I noticed how Bambanani started this whole thing. He gets on this island and he watches this colony of ants that are working together. And then he sees the bees, how they worked as a team. And I'm going to read you from page 12. It says, it was then that he noticed a long line of ants on the ground and how all worked together to bring food into the mound. Each ant carried very little, yet was doing his part. Each ant, though unique, had his colony at heart, had his colony at heart. And then over to the bees, he says, he realized that there was no fighting between the bees in this hive. Rather, they all worked together as a team to keep the whole hive alive. And without each and every single bee, the beehive would be incomplete. And when the bees all work together, the outcome can be sweet like honey. And so he gets the message of these people working together. And then he goes out onto this island of Sundrungu and he finds exactly the opposite, doesn't he? That's the message or that's the beginning of the really big thought. This can be true for human beings as well. And look at this country, uh, how we're not working together. We don't have have our colonies health at heart. And there's fighting in the hive. So that's why this message
1: of this book is so, so applicable right now. It's funny because I was just watching the uh, the debates, which I'm not going to do again, uh, last night. It, 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 is, it is So I was struck by the fact that, you know, I've watched uh, presidential debates in the past and even between Republicans and Democrats in the past when I was a kid, you know, they, they held the same values. They just disagreed on how to bring about certain things. And now our values are just so at odds with one another. It's, it's very frightening. You know, I remember when I uh, told my mother about the idea of this book about the kid, t- you know, proclaiming unity and people working together. And she paused for a second, and she went, "But is that possible?" <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just shot down right. my idea with uh, her her realism, uh, which I struggled too. You know, it's like, oh, is this just pie in the sky? You know, is is it possible that we can, you know, and and I think we saw after nine eleven that we can come together. And so, I mean, mm. I have to ask the question, does it take a 9-11 every, every week for us to join hands together and, and put aside our differences? You know, I hope wow. not. your book is so in line with
0: several different podcasts. I've already made one referring to the, the passage in Hebrews 12 about the world will be shaken until that, which is unshakable remains. You look at this pandemic that's shaking the world. And the unshakable that will remain is the kingdom of God, the uh, children of God, and his message on this planet. I love the passage you wrote about gratitude in here. I'll read it right now. See, little Bambanani gets shipwrecked on the island. Some nice man meets him and gives him a little place to sleep, and he gives, gives him some food. And so, the boy had food, a home, and a job, and was thankful for all he was given. There is something about gratitude that strengthens one's character within. It draws to one the powers of heaven and can transform boys into powerful men. Wow. In recovery, we always talk about a gratitude list. And you need to make a list of the things you're grateful for because you can't hear them. You can't find them on a stormy day when you're angry and afraid. Recently, I've interviewed Morgan Snyder about his book, Becoming Kings, and everything that John Eldridge said was about developing a man, a good man, a good king. And by the way, listeners, uh, this is Bill Harper, and I'm talking to Chris Galliano about his new book, Little Bombanani's Really Big Thought. Again, it's a children's book, but the message for us in this society today is so real. And Chris and I were involved in the ministry, Return to Glory, that did the John Eldridge retreats. And searching for the heart of a man. I'm a man in search of my heart. So Chris and I had been on that team and still are in many ways. And here in this passage on page 11, that gratitude can transform boys into powerful men. It's transformed you in the process
1: of this. You're a stronger man now having released your fears. Isn't that right, Chris? Yeah. I could have entitled this book, Confessions of Chris Galliano, uh, because, <laughs> because all of the virtues that uh, are extolled there by Bambinani are ones that I feel like I'm lacking in. And I mean, maybe a lot of us are, but, uh, you know, I, I see in my own heart a lack of gratitude that keeps me down. And I'm striving to, to change that. And uh, it gives you a different perspective on your day uh, and your life and, you know, what you're called to do. If, if you realize that God has created you uniquely uh, to serve others, then you don't have to worry about what you aren't and what you don't have. Um, and you become what God wants you to be uh, by accepting that. Uh, it's funny, we, we are what we are, but we have to accept what we are and what he's made us to be.
0: Right. A unique creation with unique talents. By the way, Chris, I got to tell you, reading your book, and looking at your illustrations and the message that you compacted into this winsome children's book, Little Bambanani's Really Big Thought is the title, is so deliciously applicable. I was thinking as I was reading this message and getting the point that into the kingdom, what did Jesus say? To enter the kingdom of God, you mean, must become like a little child. So the yeah. childlike faith and releasing all our fears and worries and the stuff of this mess that we adults do, uh, and trusting that God named you and loved you and has a mission
1: for you. It's so beautiful. Van has that childlike, simple perspective that's yeah. not cluttered with all the stuff that yeah. we as adults have. That's what Jesus was getting at, you know, that, yeah. that we have this cluttered perspective. And, and what's interesting in the story is he encounters – uh, different groups. I wanted to kind of um, uh, highlight different aspects of our society. There's the yes. social dimension, The there's the uh, political group, there's the religious group, the uh, consumerist group, and they're all divided and their perspective is so shallow. And Bambinani just cuts right through all of that with his uh, his simple questions and answers and, you know, really kind of makes them look bad, but they press on with their uh, terrible calling to continue division so. Yeah, division. Um, I liked well, on the political
0: side how you named the two parties, the party of change and the party of tradition. Here's the passage from page 27. It says, it was Sundrungru's two political parties who looked at one another with suspicion. One was known as the party of change, the other the party of perdition. Change for the sake of change was the one party's unchanging position. Preserving the past for a better future. The other party's tireless mission. And so there are conflict in all of this. It's both, you know, it, it was so yeah. beautifully written. And, and to that point, where would you go with that? What's your message for our listeners?
1: Well, I mean, I think we tend to extremes. And yeah. you can see that we're both, both aspects are true. We need, we need to change And we need to maintain traditions that uh, are good for us. Uh, So it's just kind of showing how in human nature we tend to extremes that distort who we are individually and as a people and becomes destructive uh, in those extremes.
0: And not just destructive to me. That's so true. But it also like we think we're in control of everything, you know, and so the party, whatever the political group thinks, it's all up to them. But yeah we're just being stewards of God's kingdom and this wonderful glorious creation and this this life uh, he surrounded us to and this earth he gave to us to care for and nourish just a powerful thought right there what was your favorite chapter what's your favorite message to bring to the listeners
1: hmm favorite chapter um, a favorite message perhaps would be the question I would say my favorite part of the book is actually the very ending where they where they do come t- together you know that's beautiful uh but um i liked his conversation with his friend abadan originally i had named abadan who's this old man he's kind of ai uh, don't know if you've ever seen them the uh, indian religions have this uh I don't know what they are. A religious figure called a sardu that sit around in meditation, and they they let their beards right. grow really long and their hair, and they and they wrap them in these big bundles. And so he's kind of like that. He's actually one of the you know, the Sundrangunians, but uh, he's of the same race. But uh, he's an outcast because he's a street person basically and lives very simply. Mm-hmm. So he talks about how the people step on him like he's a stepping stone or step over him. He's sort of a prophet too. He's the only other wise person on the island other than Bambanani. And though he wants to help Bambanani, he knows that it's Bambinani's mission to go out and proclaim this because the people don't listen to him. You know, they they have right. no respect for him because he's just a dirty, old, nasty street person that they disregard. Right. Abaddon's famous words, and I'm reading from page 18, he's speaking to
0: Bambinani about his inability to to influence these people or get them to pay attention. Remember, pay attention is a big word for me these days. And The words read on page 18, their hearts are hard. Their minds are closed. I'm not sure what can wake them. I am afraid that it will be terrible, something terribly terrible to shake them. Oh, here it comes again now. A needed shaking. The world will be shaken so that which is unshakable remains. This is such a timely message right now, Chris. And the shaking that's happening to the world that will bring people hopefully back to God. Chris, did you know that Bible sales are at an all-time high right now? I interviewed John Eldridge a while back about his new book, Get Your Life Back. And he says that they're clicking on the prayer to receive Christ in record numbers, never been seen before. So maybe this is this time when people will be drawn, those who are on the fence be drawn. So I'm, I'm praying that your message will come out and change some hearts and minds and Cause well, us uh,
1: to take a look at yeah, ourselves. Back to you know Abadan, He um, his name is actually a Hebrew word. I looked it up. Uh, this is uh, why I used it. It means um, my father has judged. So he mm-hmm. kind of in a way judges them correctly. You know, the father is the judge, like a uh, an old Hebrew judge of the people, uh-huh. uh, though they don't respect him as that. But he is he is the wise judge, and they are not. Uh, but after Bambanani crosses the island and goes to different places. And the people refuse to listen to him, and then a uh, he says basically he's going to pray a prayer that that they get shaken and uh, oh, as in the days of Noah and so just as he says that a giant um, storm cloud appears and then a tsunami essentially kind of wipes out the island. Yes, and everybody is left struggling underwater. You know they can't breathe and they finally make it to the top and the only thing they can see left on their island is the top of the Capitol building and they make their way there. And um, it's, know, a, it's, it's, it's a happy ending with a rescue. Y- yes, it is. But it does take some uh, a jolt for them. Uh, you know, and I hope that our country doesn't need a giant tsunami of destruction to to oh bring my. us around. You know, but that's, that seemed to be the cycle with the Jewish people over and over again. You know, they'd go into captivity and then right. they get out of it and then they become, you know, they start listening to God and then right back to it, worshiping false gods and immorality. And then the cycle would just repeat over and over again. And, you know, we can learn from that. We're, we're reasonable creatures. You know, we're not like in some ways we're not like ants and bees. We can logically look and say, hey, you know, that didn't work before. But when we don't teach history, this is what happens we, we, we have to experience it again ourselves Get burned Exactly, Chris And hopefully not repeat the same mistakes
0: You know, that's why we study history So don't repeat it Okay, I'm a little slow. I just recently, in the last few years, understood that the reason the story of Israel is told so much in the Bible is that's the story of the human race, man. That is our template. We are stupid. We keep going back to the old things. We're given wonderful manna to eat, and then we're not satisfied, et cetera, et cetera. This is a really, really powerful book. On page 33, you talk about the division and everything. And there was a portion about sowing hatred in here that struck me really powerfully. Fambanani cruising through the island of Sundrungu in the commercial stuff you're talking about. He gets to a guy who's saying, I hate you. T-shirts, T-shirts. I custom made shirts from page 33 here. I sew custom made shirts, which bear the name of the group you oppose. You can display your hatred everywhere. In bold letters, so everyone knows. Well, this is that was a really deep thought to me because the question says, how to me, I'm asking myself, Bill, how do you stand for what you believe in without diminishing other people? Or rather trying to do the great commandment and the second commandment. How do I love my neighbor regardless of what they believe? Or really the graduate course is loving your difficult neighbor. Loving the unlovable people. I can't do it alone. I'm going to have to have God give me peace and hope and love. But see, you've woven all these things
1: in here that are really powerful. Well, to that point, maybe uh, we're not called to try to change people. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's like with the book. The love that God gives us is not from us and it's not for us. And we don't have to worry about being successful with changing the world we just need to transform ourselves, and in doing so, we can we can transform those around us. Uh, hopefully, if if they're willing, I mean, they still have their own free will, but uh, it's not really up to us to. To change the world. You know, you say all these young people, those social justice warriors, they're all out there going to change the world, and Jordan Peterson yells at him and says, you want to go out and change the world and you don't even make your own bed, you know, you don't help your mother with the dishes. Um, <laughs> that's where we start, you know. <laughs> and I, I remember uh, I used to be very critical of, you know, bishops and, and leaders in the church, and I felt God say to me one day, well, you're the bishop of your own church, how's that going? And, oh uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. So uh, change of subject. Moving on. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, this section on the people selling division and hate. This is the um, commercial because he comes up on a market, the market square where people are buying right. and selling, right. and uh, and this group really represents for me in our society the media, who uh-huh. who truly they're. And their purpose for existence is to divide us because that sells. I mean, like, how many successful news shows are there that talk about someone getting cured of cancer or their marriage stayed together or you know, good news? We don't. We don't. There are a few, and I find many, them by the way, and I love them. But you're right; they are, but they're not mainstream. What's mainstream right. is what divides. I mean, we always have to see every night the killing, the shooting, the fires, the people yelling at each other, so and that's what they think sells. Uh, like these guys yeah. here selling the T-shirts and the signs to to divide people or to p- profit. Off of that division. That, I kind of have the least respect, I mean, of, of all the groups for that group. Uh, and even Bambinani's, you know, found that was like the lowest of the low. The sad thing today is that I can't watch the news much. I'll catch a clip here and a
0: clip there. And as soon as my heart gets trouble and, and insanity, I just have to cut it off and say, Lord, Lord, help us. But once again, people, I am Bill Harper on Wave 94. And I'm interviewing Chris Galliano, my good friend, my like-minded king. Uh, that has taken a journey and written his very first book called Little Bombanani's Really Big Thought. It's available on Amazon.com, Bombanani, B-A-M-B-A-N-A-N-I. We're going to make sure it's posted in the, the podcast text. Chris, been on this journey together. Back in 2005, in my awakening, when I hit my bottom in recovery and read the John Eldridge book and everything took off after that, Chris, you were my right-hand man. I mean, we were partners in crime from way back when I first met you in 2007. And so Chris and I have been on this journey together, and my good friend just writes his first book, An Ordeal, uh, to put words in your mouth, and uh, here we are talking about it on the radio. So I am just thrilled to have this connection close full circle with you, Chris. At the end, of course, what happens is a giant tsunami crashes down on the island. And it's a very happy ending. And in essence, the children rescue the adults is the message. And I always refer back to this. This word keeps coming up in the Chinese language. The word crisis, you know, the Chinese language, they don't have letters. They have characters. And in the Chinese language, the word crisis is composed of two characters, One representing danger and the other opportunity. And isn't that the place we are today in this nation is that we have danger and we have opportunity. And so the opportunity that you're telling or the story you're telling is let's change our way of thinking. Let's love our neighbor. Let's work together like the ants and the bees. Let's pay attention. Add to that,
1: Chris, tell me. Well, yeah, I mean, you think about it in this time of such radical division this is a greater opportunity to show love. I mean, yes. how much more powerful will that light of our love be in this darkness yes. uh, than it would have been if we weren't so divided? Well, I mean, it's almost like our, uh, you know, our opportunity to be good and virtuous is on, can be on steroids now. Uh, it's a, got a multiplying factor because we are so divided. And there is such darkness, mm. you know, that our light will be more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish I could lift those words, uh, you know, because I'm always I'm always convicted by uh, my own book. There have been times <laughs> so many times <laughs> when wow. I get angry in the car or with someone else or I'm ranting and then I'm suddenly struck with what would Bambanani do? And uh, so this little boy uh, wow. kind of like follows me around and uh, and silently corrects me. And it's um, wow. It's unnerving, but uh, wow. it's been very good. Yeah, it's kind of like the little WWJD bracelets people used to wear. Well, I have my uh, WWBD. What would Bambinani do? What um, would Bambinani yeah. do? Am I encouraging unity? Am I, uh, am I being grateful? Um, am I being courageous in proclaiming my message and, and, and fulfilling my call in life? You know, or am I hiding out of fear because I'm concerned about how I'll be perceived or, or, or wow. like John Elders would say, I don't have what it takes. Yes, um, yes. The constant
0: diminishing message to us. This is Bill Harper, and I'm interviewing my the author of the book, but also my good friend, Chris Galliano. And let me say this, Chris, I've known you for a long time, much more than anybody else I've interviewed yet. And you know, the fact that you're looking at these things and examining your heart means you have an open heart. I'm telling you, you have a good heart, but you're also human. We fall down, we break, we get stupid. And I guess that's my battle is trying to keep my eyes above the line, trying to keep my heart, mind, soul, and spirit connected with the heavenlies and what God says about me uh, and ignore what the world says about me. But the world's constantly hitting messages at us or things where I feel stupid or shame, 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 you know. And that's the struggle here is to keep our eyes and heart above the line. And so you're just real, man. You're human.
1: I probably tend to overplay the negative and not, you know, focus on the positive, which, you know, you do have to look at the good in yourself and your life, I think, to uh, to give yourself courage that you can, you know, you can overcome sin and evil in your own life and you can mm-hmm. grow in virtue. I mean, I'm 55 and I still feel like a little boy sometimes in the way that I think and behave And I wonder if I'll ever grow up. And I'm wondering, well, I'll have to live to about 300 uh, at this rate. Uh, (laughs) But uh, so, you know, just a a point on inspiration, how God just speaks to us in ways like with the book. I mean, I I just one day was saying I should write a children's book. And I had started a few stories and I came out of my room and I looked down and it was this magazine on the table, there was somebody laying down in a field. And I'm like, I could write a story about somebody who is just laying in a field, and they get this extraordinary message that changed the world. And that's uh-huh. literally where it started. And I went and sat down and started writing. It's amazing with inspiration. If you're a writer out there, or you know, creative person, it's it's amazing how it works, because you're not, um, you don't plan it. and And it comes to you. Like I say, it's not from you. And it's not for you. And I would read things later on that I wrote, and I I didn't even remember writing that. Mm. And so that gave me comfort that, again, that – I'm just a co-author. <laughs> you know, I should really put, you know, that God is the, uh, the author, and I, uh, I just wrote the words down. And you feel like, I mean, I don't want to compare myself to, you know, some Old Testament prophet uh, in any way, but I learned so much in the process of doing this. Uh, um, just finishing it, again, I'm speaking to anybody out there who may be contemplating writing a book, but, mm-hmm. but uh, I remember watching this, there was a video of a woman who's a famous author, and she does these master classes, and she said, you know, don't start with a novel start with a short story something that's the story from beginning to end complete it and that will empower you to move on to your next project Uh And i'm telling you as soon as i finally finished this one i immediately went into writing my next one you know you you can pray and you can meditate and you can do all of that and it's good but there are real world things that we have to do as well and being faithful to our commitment uh, just like gratitude really propels us forward. That without being faithful to those commitments, you know, all of the the platitudes, the virtues, or whatever that you're trying to extol, they, they don't nice. really mean anything. But completing it really just empowered me in a way that I, it's hard to explain. But I would encourage anybody out there who's terrified of putting themselves out there with their own creativity to just have that courage and remember if you've got something that you want to say, it's probably not from you and it's not for you, so you don't have to worry about that. You're just the conduit. I mean, do your best, but you have to ultimately mm-hmm. just leave it in the hands of God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's been my struggle. I, I'll be honest, I don't trust God. I oftentimes I feel like I'm alone and I'm doing all this by myself, and me uh, too. And uh, yeah, and when I get that way, my creativity just plunges. I mean, mm. um. Well, when you're in the zone
0: where it's, it's fruitful, I call it the juice coming out. You know, the same thing. I just got into this radio thing, and I didn't plan this, and it just kind of happened. That inspiration thing, it's not for me, and it's not from me. I'm going to have to chew on that for a while. Everybody, this is Bill Harper interviewing Chris Galliano on his new book, Little Bombanani's Really Big Thought. It's a children's book, but the message for adults is so powerful the way it's it's transformed you so that you could get through a project and have some feeling of completion. God told us to subdue the earth and create. I mean, he gave us creation and put creatures with creativity here on this planet. And you're just bringing that to all your readers. And it's really beautiful story. As for me doing all this stuff, Two, I, I often wonder, is it really making a difference? And then the other times I know it is, but this well, is just an amazing
1: story. I remember Emerson wrote something to the effect that uh, one of the greatest losses that the world experiences is when someone just takes a job and doesn't live out of their calling. And, and so many of us, myself included, we're just about paying the bills until we die, which mm-hmm. again, it's not a bad thing, but ultimately, we have to live out that calling because something has been given to us uniquely to share with the world. And if we don't do it, no one can replace that. I mean, you think about all the, the contributions that have been made in society you know, over thousands of years. If those people hadn't stepped up in courage and been that conduit, how many things we wouldn't have in this world?
0: Chris, I know your story, and I know the job you've been working at is really not, you don't feel that calling, but maybe you're feeling it here. You remember in our retreats, we used to watch that clip from uh, The Legend of Bagger Vance when Will Smith plays the caddy, and he helps Matt Damon. Uh, We got to go find your swing. In other words, we have to help you find your sweet spot and operate in your gifts and be in harmony with what God wants you to do. You've written this wonderful new book, and here I'm interviewing my good friend, Chris Galliano, about the book Little Bombanani's Really Big Thought. And I'm doing podcasts to hopefully help you sell the book because everybody, he, he does need the income right now. So buy the
1: book. <laughs> Shameless um, plug. Right? My, my wife reminded me on the way over here that uh, now this isn't about selling a book. This is about uh, sharing the message of unity first. And, yes, uh, you know, what good. happens, happens. So just to let you know, you know. Uh, good good to keep that framed if, up in there. Uh, my wife will always help me keep things framed properly. That's her job. Uh, oh, she she's it. a beautiful yeah. woman, isn't she?
0: Thank God for Rita. <laughs> Thank um, God for all wives. The lessons contained in this book kind of jump out like this. Is First, we started with the lesson of the ants and the bees, little creatures that they work together in harmony. And it's so appropriate right now in our society because of our lack of unity and working together and to each individual person that there's a need for a sense of mission. We have to have courage and we have to have heart and, but we all have value and a role to play and being grateful for what you have. I read a really amazing thought from a guy named Paulison in giving you will receive in surrender, you will have victory. In dying, you will have life. And there was one he said that we are 100% responsible to get up, suit up, and show up. In in this Christian walk, in running this river of life that we've got, we're 100% responsible for our actions to get up, suit up, show up, and go do the day. But at the same time, we are 100% responsible on an outside source to accomplish it i've got a role to play and god's in charge and to listen to that if your book gets anybody of our listeners to pay attention to what's going on in the world and be love your neighbor i have another podcast i'm going to do about loving your neighbor in traffic and i was given some lessons the other day about very kind people who stopped to let me come out of a parking lot and how i was rude to my neighbor at a red light when i was looking at my phone and the light turned green all these things are coming back about loving your neighbor and so if this I got a whole new new idea with this. By the way, I'm gonna buy a bunch of these books, Little Bomba Nani's really big thought. And I'm going to hand them out from the back of my truck, just like I hand out the John Eldridge books, like Johnny Appleseed, to help my friend Chris. (laughs) Well, thank you.
1: You know, to your point about the traffic. And I was just thinking last night, I'm I'm coming back after I went and got this microphone. I'm sitting in a lane, and I thought it was a turning lane only, and there was a car in front of me. And I kept honking at the woman to like, come on and turn. You know, there's no traffic coming. I could see her on her phone, and I'm just getting really annoyed. And then the light changed, and she went forward, and I was like... Idiot. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> My contention is that you can love people in traffic. My point being, make eye contact with them, use what smile, a big smile, they can see it. By loving people with little small actions of kindness is what two cars woke me up to random acts of kindness. And extended to me, random acts of kindness later in the day. And even if you don't really get to see their faces or meet them, it will still stick with me for the rest of the day that I acted in a kind way in a thoughtful way. I paid attention to others. Boy, I'm hearing that yep. message a lot.
1: That's, you know, one of the things with all this, you know, forms of communication that we have, like Twitter. It's like you're not talking to people. There's this this wall between you. So you can be inhuman and you can be terrible. Uh, You can treat them badly online or in a car that you wouldn't really do face to face. Exactly. Um, So there's something dehumanizing about all of, you know, that song about I'm really cool online. And it's true. We're bold and we're brave and we're loud and we're obnoxious uh, that we wouldn't really be face to face with someone. Love your neighbor.
0: That's a big deal. And we could all in this country do that better. And actually, that's central to what Bambanani is saying in the book. Once again, folks, I'm interviewing Chris Galliano. That's know, about his new book, Little Bambanani's Really Big Thought. A children's book that I recommend for adults and read it to your kids over and over and take away. The takeaway is that we can work together to accomplish far more in the individual strife and the hatred, the hardness of heart that is through this the calling out in our society. Chris, it is so timely with what's
1: going on in this country and the division. I just can't say enough about it you mentioned it's for adults too i was so worried about it being because it's a children's book and i thought it was going to be above children's heads and maybe i was introducing themes or words that were above them and what's funny is that when you have to when you self-publish and you put it on amazon or whatever and you put a description i put in there the ages that it's for. but i put uh, which i said seven to twelve but i said it's for, for all children and their adults uh, so, uh-huh. technically, we're all still children. So it's for all children of any age.
0: Profound. Enter the kingdom of God as a little child. You know, the, the verse in the Gospels where Jesus brings the little child before him. And what was it? The, the disciples were all bickering. And he yeah. said, here, let me show yeah. you something. You see that child right there? Yeah. That's what you need to be like. You need to be childlike to get this.
1: Yeah, yeah. you know, and I I thought about that passage the other day because I think it was from maybe the old English translation where it says, suffer the little children. And Mm -hmm. I never really thought about that, but what, you know, what he's saying there is do whatever it takes to your own discomfort, to allow children to come to God, suffer whatever that is. Uh, they're hmm. you know they're not a nuisance. You know they can be difficult. You know, but we need to we need <laughs> to suffer them so that uh, that they come to God. That's just just amazing. As people suffer with me too, you know. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, Chris, I interviewed Morgan Snyder about his new book, "Becoming a King: The Path to Restoring the Heart of a Man." And to our listeners out there, uh, I'm Bill Harper, and I'm interviewing Chris Galliano. And years ago, we began to follow the Wild at Heart journey the uh, and do the retreats for many men and shared in the leadership. And and my connection with Chris for, what, 2007? It's been 13 years on this journey, hasn't it? Yeah. It's just been profound. And so this man is a king because his choices – His sacrifice, he has used his gifts and talents to bless others. I'm telling you, he has a beautiful wife and children. He has worked so hard and diligently in a difficult place. And with a moment of inspiration, has come out with a book for adults, which also will serve children. Let's call it that. And Chris, to have you in this fight with me, to have you as one. By the way, folks, if I had to count on one hand, my best friends chris is one of them and so that's why this is so rich to do this and the notion that we're we're not on this journey alone but chris i want you to receive the kingship that you're entitled to that i have so much admiration and love for you brother in this endeavor this book good job are you glad it's or no you started your second one, <laughs> yeah, yeah you know
1: <laughs> no it's just it's just beginning yeah it's just beginning but thank you for those words and uh, i count you too as a great friend a very talented guy who can do so many different things. And uh, you have the courage to share all of that, you know, with people, which is really good. You know, you're not just (laughs) playing golf right now at this stage in your life, you know, counting down your days, you're, you're making a contribution to the world.
0: In this time when this country is so divided that we can speak the truth and show love. I'm learning a lot too, by the way. And this message keeps coming to me. It's the phrase, pay attention. Once again, when I was a young man, my dad would listen to me forever. He didn't interrupt, but at the end, he would tell me to pay attention. And my dad died a long time ago, sadly. But now my heavenly father is saying, pay attention with kind of the voice of my earthly father. There is one in the way I receive it. And this book is another calling to all of us to pay attention what's going on. So, my hope and prayer is that this book, Little Bambanani's Really Big Thought, written by Chris Gagliano, which is for sale on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Lulu Books, and uh, you do have a Facebook page, right, Chris? I Little do. Bambanani's
1: Really Big Thought. Yeah, if you search it that same way, and, and you can also get it at Walmart, too, Walmart's yep. uh, website. Uh, it's not in stock, so this was a self-published book, and how that works is, is you load up the file... And then uh, whenever someone orders, they actually print a book or however many and, and ship it to you. So it's uh, oh. print on demand is what it's called. Oh, I see. Yeah. So okay. I didn't get in with a publisher. Oh, that's good. And it's also available on Kindle, as I understand. Yes. I just uh, recently created the ebook version of it. So if, if you want to go the cheaper route and uh, load it to a Kindle or you probably could read it on a phone. It's, I don't know if it's too small for a phone, but probably a, a Kindle device would be best, or our tablet. So
0: once again, folks, I'm interviewing Chris, my good friend, Chris Galliano, about the book, Little Bambinani's Really Big Thought. It's a children's book for adults.
1: And is there anything you'd like to leave for the listeners, Chris? I would say that the, uh, the story of Bambinani uh, and the process of writing it for me has taught me that God has given us uh, unique gifts. He's created us uniquely Mm. uh, and to share those gifts with others. And we have to Mm -hmm. have courage to do that. And Bambanani mustered up the courage to get out and proclaim the message that was given to him Mm. and that we are conduits for God. We are simply here to to deliver what he's given to us. It's not Mm -hmm. it's not from us and it's not for us. It's for others. So have the courage and be relieved of the burden of feeling like it's all you. Mm. That's really good. Chris, thank you so
0: much. It's so good to talk to you. I love you, brother. And congratulations you, <laughs> and, and, and Godspeed with this. We'll be talking to you soon. Thank you, Bill.
1: Thank you so much.